Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Welcome back to Small Business School. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode. Amy Amy and I met at a mastermind event, um, actually the Business Breakthrough event, which you've heard us talk about before, but I fell in love with your approach for sustainable businesses. And I'm so excited to dive in today with your expertise on email marketing and social media and all the things for sustainable brands, which I... I feel like if we're not focusing on the environment, we're doing our kids and ourselves like a huge disservice. There's so many ways that we can improve. So I love that you focus on helping those businesses. And Amy, you're just overall an epic human being. So I can't wait for you to share all your different pieces of advice with uh, our listeners today. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Stacey. Thanks so much. It's such a joy to be here. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like how you fell into the role that you're in now? Sure. Yeah. My, the two roles that I'm in right now really stem from a passion about sustainability. And this actually started when I was in college. I was in school for marketing and I spent a summer out west at a national park uh, working out there and came back and just realized the importance of conserving the spaces that I love. And so added on a sustainability major after that. And then I worked for a tech company for a couple of years in marketing and that really set the foundation for me to learn uh, best marketing practices. And when I was at that tech tech company, I did focus on marketing, um, social media and email, but also did a broad range of other things, which I think is uh, really helpful to just set a foundation. Um, And then I was in that role for two years as part of a two year entrepreneurial program. And when that finished, um, I, I started applying for other sustainable marketing positions and realized like, I wanted the freedom and flexibility that having your own business provides. And so that's when I started Alpine Start Media, which is my digital agency. And we do email and social media for sustainable brands. And so that means we work with brands who are focused on reducing single use items, reducing plastic. Maybe they give back to the environment in a in a monetary way. And we help them specifically with their Uh, organic social media strategy. So the content creation, the voice um, behind their brand, how they show up on social, and then also their their email strategy. Um, So that's the first part of how the sustainability passion plays out. And then earlier last year, I purchased a company with my brother called Jelt. And um, Jelt is a company that makes belts from recycled plastic. And so that's been a really cool adventure, not only to do with my brother, but also just to learn what it's like to have a business, a product-based sustainable business. And I think that really helps um, us cater to our clients better um, as Alpine Star Media. 
Oh, I think that's amazing. Um, and on my end, as an accountant, a lot of the time accountants aren't really entrepreneurs. They might own a business, but they don't have mm-hmm. that mindset. And I've always been told that like that was one of my like secrets or my magic, right? Being able to like truly understand people. So I love how you've partnered that to like really get people the best results. Like I've been in your shoes. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really helps me understand the priorities of a business owner. Um, Gel is, it's, you know, belts made from recycled plastic, but it's also a B Corp and does 1% back to the planet. So I feel like I can better understand the voice of a business owner and then can work with our business owners as clients for Alpine Start Media in, in a different way. So yeah, definitely, like you said, having an accountant who's also an entrepreneur, that's a unique skill that you have, Stacy. So that's pretty cool. Well, the other thing I think, Amy, is that like, no shade to the marketing community, but there's always so many opportunities. And as a, as a business owner, there's so many other things competing, right? Like employee compensation and how do you keep true to your values, like giving back to the planet and like, how do you do all of these things? And then there's only so much time in a day. So I love how you like really get to accentuate that where you're like, okay, now I understand the pressures of like all the financial decisions. Like how do I make good on this marketing? So I think you're like really well set up to have better results for people when you can appreciate all the other things on their mind. Yeah. And I think something I didn't realize when I started doing marketing for sustainable businesses was that sustainability doesn't look the same for every business. For example, I have a client, uh, Proof Razors, and they're a razor made from aluminum. So essentially, you don't need another plastic razor ever. It's one razor that you can have for the rest of your life. And it's a higher initial purchase, but then the blades are five to 10 cents to replace. And so it's a really great product, keeps a lot of plastic out of landfills, but their ideal client is, um, is men, like man shavers and people who like wouldn't love the word sustainable. It's a product, Proof Razors is a product that's made in the U.S. And so we use like the made in the U.S., last forever, never need to buy a new one, like those type of words. And even though it is a product that's sustainable, like the voice isn't always like look at us, we're saving the earth. Sometimes that's not what your consumer wants to hear. Um, but yeah, it still falls into the realm of a product that in in the long run is going to be better for you financially because you're not going to buy razors every month, but is also better for the, um, for the environment. Ooh, I love that. Um, and that's like just something that, so you said just working with that company, it's like, oh, okay, like now I'm, you know, getting to experience it. You see it a little differently. I love mm-hmm. that. Do you have other like of these aha moments that you could share? Cause that one was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my aha moments, I, I used to do marketing for um, not outside of social and email. I used to do SEO and websites and um, I had a realization that I needed to niche down that I couldn't be, you can't be like a one-stop shop. I don't think always and be really good at everything. And so I picked social and email because they work so well together. I think as you build up your brand on social, you can also be advocating for people to like step into your inner circle of your email so that they can be the first ones to like hear about your podcast or your new offer or um, the new product that you just released. Um, I think an email is sometimes like, it's a smaller list of people who are hopefully going to be more engaged. 
Um, Stacy, I know you're a numbers person. And so yeah. um, email is also a platform that is really uh, tangible when it comes to revenue. It's really trackable. And so I picked social and email because they work well together and because social, sometimes the ROI seems a little more ambiguous. Like how much time am I spending on this? How much money am I pouring into content creation and where, uh, where exactly is the ROI where I feel like email is super trackable um, in terms of the return on your investment. And so um, I think there are two that work really well together and niching down was kind of an aha moment or another one. Oh, I love it. So also, Amy, like one of your keywords is that sustainability. And I think that sometimes um, business owners and correct me if like this isn't your experience, but when you're focused on like saving the planet and the sustainability practices, we're not always as focused on the financials. But if we're not like the sustainability of our business isn't there and then we're not doing a service to the planet. So I love how you've kind of brought that back of like, okay, where are the areas that I can find the most tangible results for business owners, um, the best bang for their buck and really have results to help them grow. Exactly. Impact. Yeah. And as like a, a sustainable business owner, it's important to have a product that is also going to save your client money in the long term, whether that's in quality or the long lastingness of the product, or maybe because someone buys your product, they can stop buying something that they buy weekly. Um, I think it's, yeah, there needs to be a good return on investment for the business owner, but also something I found as I work with sustainable business owners is their product has to make sense for the buyer in terms of like monetary value or return as well. Ooh. Okay. So like we just bring money in, in all the places I work with business owners on this because sometimes they're so focused on like, okay, well, like, here's what I would charge. Do you ever come across that where a business owner wants you to market a product and they're like, okay, and it's going to be a thousand dollars. And you're like, the math doesn't make sense. Like, why would somebody pay for that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I've definitely learned, um, going from starting a, a business to running it for a couple of years now that it's so important to work uh, with business owners that have a pr proven product, as anyone in the service industry knows, this is maybe something you learned as well. But like, if the value isn't there, it's just like not going to be a sustainable product in the long run. Um, and so that's something I think I've had to learn the long way is like, is that product already proven um, when it comes to price and value? Yeah, that goes to say not just for product based businesses, but service as well. Um, I'm a realist. So my yeah. clients get very much what's on my mind and I just see it as an opportunity, right? Where it's like, if it's not proven and it's not working, then this is just an opportunity for us to go back and make some changes that doesn't always work when people really love what they've made, but it's just not marketable mm -hmm. or not sellable. Um, yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like, yeah, we gotta have yeah. some success. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it was, I was talking about the trackability earlier when it comes to email and social. And I, I feel like it really depends on the product. Um, I do most of the sustainable marketing that I do is for e-commerce based products. And it's really been interesting to see, like, if you're a sustainable business owner listening or just a business owner listening in general, um, the videos and content that I've seen push ROI online is when you're really like showing something to the viewer that they didn't know before, like, Stacey, I love in the videos that you provide, you, you give like tangible tips to a business owner that really shows someone like why they would want to work with you. Um, similar with the take the razor that I was talking about, for example, earlier, like 
people might not know that that razor exists and existed and how do you like show that in very interesting and captivating ways um, for people to stay engaged and then purchase your your product Ooh, that's so good I would love to hear from you. What else are you seeing in this online e-commerce or sustainable business space that you're feeling like maybe people don't know, but they need to hear? That's such a good question. I think maybe better yet, like, sorry, if you have an answer, that's great. But I'm also just like, can you maybe connect the dots for me on how people can show things in their content well because I feel like a lot of us like we don't almost like tell the story enough does that make sense like we don't get people over the arch like we show the product but we're not doing a very good job of like explaining to people why or not explaining but like showing people like why do you need this and convincing them that they need it does that make sense it does and I think it's hard when you're the business owner doing social for yourself because you live in your business's world and you know it so well. Something I tell our my clients is like, we need to retell the story of this business over and over. Like a lot of times, if you look at the uh, analytics on social media platforms, the, the people who are viewing your videos, usually only like half of them are your followers or less depending on the product. And so it might feel like you're telling that story over and over again of like, this is why we started this business. This is why this product really helps you. Um, but really like half the time they're new listeners or they're, they're people who haven't seen your videos before. And so, um, I create content buckets with my clients of like, okay, what are the four areas, four or five areas that we always want to make sure your audience knows, like when they think about you, what do they need to know? And then we kind of tell those over and over again, and then use those content buckets for a few months and analyze them. Okay, like what buckets did really well, which ones didn't, um, which ones do we kind of leave behind and what new pillar do we need to introduce? And that's been a really good way to stay consistent with content and also um, analyze which content works well and what doesn't. So a lot of times it's just retelling that story, even though you think you're being repetitive, like you're not, uh, people, don't, people don't know your story yet. Okay. So I've heard this advice before. Um, I also don't do my own social. I work with a team. I provide some direction, but they're also really good at what they do. Um, I'm good at accounting. Like I've always heard the advice, okay, you know, make these content pillars and then talk about them often. But I feel like people don't connect the dots. And like, even I struggle to connect the dots on like, okay, that's great. But like, am I going to post the same video 17 times or how does that look for people and how can they work through that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's thinking about the different facets of that content bucket. Um, for example, if we're going to stick with the razor example, uh, one of their like pillars is that it's made in the US. And so we show videos of their actual manufacturing facility in the US. But we also interview the um, founder about why he started it in the US. And then we also show like, what a product looks like and how you can tweak things more quickly when it's made in the US. So I think it's like thinking about the different facets of that. And a lot of it has to do with like, how do you keep someone engaged? So is that like the hook at the beginning of the reel? Is it the audio that you're using? Um, a lot of times like ads are a great way to test like what kind of content is gonna do well. Um, and so that's another way to stay in your content bucket, but also like test that kind of content. Um, so it's like, how do you stay creative 
And I feel like that's part of like the content creation. Um, why it's easier sometimes to outsource these things is um, because it, it lets like me and my team like deep dive into the different areas that you can like display that same content bucket in a bunch of different ways. Okay. This is one of my biggest pet peeves because like from the financial point of view, I always see the end result and I'm not the marketer. I have zero intention of going into marketing. So I always look at like, okay, what is the end result? But I see us doing things like spending money on social, spending money on email marketing and not getting results from it. And I'm almost like, man, we'd be better to like either do it ourselves or not do it at all for some businesses. And that frustrates me. But I think the reason that we lack this is because like we really need to work with somebody who has that test and track approach where, and especially like the other thing is when we are doing things ourselves, like time costs us, right? Like the time we spend doing things cost us. So no matter who it is, we should be working with somebody, whether it's us or we hire somebody working with a person who goes through and sees like, I posted this, not just likes, but like, what was the intention of the post? Did it work or did it not? And then tweak it where you're saying things like, I'm just like, oh yeah, like the headline on it, or was it the content? And that becomes like listening to it almost becomes overwhelming to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I got all this other stuff to do in my business. How am I going to be focused on this? And actually being able to see like, why does that make sense of like, I could probably see the result of like this post did well or didn't, but I don't know why, what, what piece of it was. So I love how like working with an expert gives you that like leg up. Like, otherwise, why are we doing it? Right. Why are we going through all the paces either ourselves or we're paying somebody just to like throw spaghetti at the wall? Yeah. And, and I think sometimes it's really interesting, even like based on the different platform I'm posting on, like a video that I post on Instagram might do really well and like totally flop on TikTok. And so sometimes I think it's understanding the different platforms and how you need to alter the content based on the platform and the kind of content that that platform is, is, um, is showing more of. And I also think sometimes like not all businesses are made for Instagram. Like I think, I know Stacey, you're a huge proponent of in-person events and I am too. And like, sometimes there are other ways that you can spend your time and money that aren't social and email, and that's okay, you know, like, sometimes based on your business, like, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing, and I, I think that that's, like, a, um, a big thing for business owners to look at as they're planning 2024, like, making sure you're doing the things that are best for your business, and just not what everyone else is doing, because you think you should be doing it. This part of this conversation makes me so sad, because I think when you go into business, you only know what you know, and the most readily available message, okay, so there's lots of experts out there that'll tell you the truth, but the chances are somebody's not going to find you or me saying that, the chances are they're going to find somebody who's like, you have to be on social, because for every one of us, there's like a 100 of them, and I have this conversation every week, I had this like two days ago on Friday, um, that set with a business owner who's been paying like thousands a month for social media. And they're like, but I thought I'd be further. Like, why isn't this happening? And it's like, you really need to understand the platforms, how they work, and then how that ties into your business strategy so that you get those like, you know, impact driven and financial results that you're looking for. But without understanding it, like, like you said, it's like, well, one thing is going to perform well on Instagram and it's not going to perform on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And especially if 
you, I just hope that those people are honest about whether that platform or that mode of advertising is really best because yeah, social isn't for everyone and there's no need to like, um, maybe you're not doing the right things. Maybe that's one thing, but maybe it's also like not the right platform for you. If you could get the same return, if you went to in-person events or started a podcast or one big motivator for me, the reason why I do marketing for sustainable businesses is because I, I'm a firm believer that people don't need more stuff. Like I don't want to be sold. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to sell things to people if they don't really need it. And by niching down to sustainability, like not only was I able to, um, promote products that I love, but I also don't feel like I'm pushing something I don't believe in or selling products just to sell them. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think not, not all products are for Instagram, but also not, um, I don't necessarily like want to market products that aren't a good fit. So for e-com, especially, um, like product-based businesses, what I would say is that most of them should be like my just general thought. I'd love your opinion is that most of them should be on Instagram and TikTok. Like that to me is kind of like where business is done. There's other business models where you're wholesaling to some of the bigger suppliers. Like, you know, maybe it's, um, for outdoor equipment, it's like a sports store or things like that. I think you can make a business out of wholesale, but I think having that social presence is almost like a requirement because you have to show people what you do. It's like a social movement. Yeah. Are there examples of businesses that you're like, I don't think this product should be on social? If you're an e-commerce based product, like you have a physical product, I will always recommend that you're on social. Um, if you're someone who, um, maybe you're in real estate or maybe you're in healthcare or like some of those service-based industries, like maybe there are other rooms that it would be more helpful for you to get into than it would be for you to be on social. But I think for actual product-based businesses, like I really have seen social media move the needle in terms of revenue, um, because people use social media like a search engine. And in order for people to be aware about, of your product, it's a, it's a place that you, um, would benefit from being. Yeah, I agree with that. And especially like, I'm thinking, you know, you have a, such a niche market, you're really trying to only find people who need your product, not just like trying to sell a bunch of something for the sake of selling it. And because of that, it means that your reach kind of has to be wider. Do you know what I mean? Like, instead of going deep in a small area, you kind of have to go wide and shallow. So social media really fits that. Yeah. And sometimes I think it works for connecting people that you wouldn't think of. Like you were talking about wholesalers earlier for both gel and a few of my other clients. Like I have found wholesalers find us through social media. So one of like, uh, for another client, one of our biggest ways to like reach wholesalers and find new wholesalers is through social media. So it's not really like finding us uh, a list of companies or uh, like individual stores to sell in, we use social media to like also reach our wholesalers, which I think is a, a really cool process too. Mm. Oh, so good. Okay. Amy, I really appreciate your time. I want to finish off with one question of what is something that we didn't cover that you feel like every business owner in this area needs to know? I think one area that we didn't cover as much is the importance of email and specifically, like, if you are a small business owner, start early with your email list. Like, when you have your website, put a pop-up on your website that gives someone something, like, a little taste of what you do um, or what your product does. 
and then set up that email flow, that welcome flow of, hi, here's what I am, here's what I do, or here's what I sell. Um, for all of my clients, the flow with the highest return on investment is their welcome flow. And so if you're not going to do anything else with email, if you're not going to pay anyone else to do it, set up an account on Klaviyo. It's free for your first like 250 um, subscribers. And then after that, it'll be worth it, I promise. But set up that account, set up your welcome flow um, so that when people come to your website, they have a way to be more connected with you so that you know that they stopped by and so that you can connect with them a little bit more. Okay, selfishly, I want to ask you the question. Do you have more... Um what gets better results, a like 10% offer or a tangible offer? Cause like I have a product-based business and I always see these like 10%, like sign up for 10%, but I almost feel like it's overdone. Yeah. I think people love seeing the amount off, like save $20 instead of save 20%. Um, personally, I've seen that do better, but um, overall like sales emails are always going to do better than emails without a sale. We just did our like year end review for all my clients. And it, even though it might be overdone, like the emails that include a sale are always going to produce more revenue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll give that up. Um, amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for your time. We're, we'll link all of your contact information in the show notes. Do you want to just tell everybody in case they're listening, um, maybe where they can find you on social? Sure. You can find me at Alpine Start Media or um, just at Amy and then my last name, A-U-B-L-E. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend. Because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know you want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.